Welcome back to the Sharpest College Football Podcast, brought to you by Lean Toss-Up Sports. This is Buck Metrics, bringing to you part two of this week's podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Robert Martin. Robert, I've got a sneaky question for you. Are you are you concerned about this week? Um, are, are, are you referring to Florida? I'm I'm referring to the number of plays that that um, not to be a spoiler here. This time of the year, they usually, as I said last before last week, this is when the number of plays dries up, and there are a lot of plays this week. And I'm kind of wondering if there's something wrong with my model, although most of these are confirmed by your model. So maybe both our models were hacked by North Korea. Maybe I, I will say though, this week there is one that when I found out about it, I was like, I can't wait to play this. And now that I know what the spread is, I'm just looking at my lips. I think like any time I win a bet, I'm just going to put more money on that one. Like just take a little bit and put like mm -hmm. we'll, we'll get to that one though. But yeah. man, I yeah, one I'm I've, looking for, and yeah. There's there's another one that's got the same dynamic and and. In more than one way that you're going to be, I'm pretty sure, a lot less excited about. But um, if you want to go against the dual model plays, be my guest. I smell an undercoming. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, we'll go through my metrics. Top 20 strength of record. Now, we're doing this on a Monday night. So I don't have the latest um, college football playoff rankings, which will probably be released by the time. You're watching this. Um, you know, big mover for me is Alabama with the uh, the big win this weekend. Um, you know, you've got them at or you, excuse me. They were at number eight in the in the college football playoff rankings. I don't think they'll move into the top four. Um, you know, for several reasons. Obviously, they're undefeated or they're not undefeated, but um, doesn't surprise me. Um, you know, they've had a sneaky tough strength of schedule. Their only losses to Texas, who you know, has their faults, but that's not by any means a bad loss. Um, they've just, you know, they, as you said in part one, they've just answered every question since that whatever happened at South Florida, which is going to be maybe just a sneaky, unforgettable moment of this season. Um, Washington moves up into the top four here um, with that uh, nice home win over Utah. Sneaking over it a little bit to call them two for a second. Oregon moved up. I barely had them in the top 20 last week. They moved up to number 13 with a nice win over USC. Liberty at number nine. Um, I don't know. Maybe at some point somebody will get it outside me, you, and, and now Bud Elliott. Thank you, Bud. Um, I don't think they'll include Toledo at number 17 because they probably don't even know what a Toledo is, nor do they know what a Troy is who sneaks into my top 20. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if number 20 – in my rankings, Oklahoma State stays in their top 25 after that, whatever that was, um, in Orlando. Going to go with no on that one. Um, <laughs> I will, yeah, couple, a couple things there. We'll just quick note to the absolute, possibly all-time worst bad beat of that Washington minus eight slash eight and a half. Uh, I had minus eight and a half. Mm-hmm. Should have easily won that. Shouldn't even have been close. Guy, defensive score. Um, it's actually funny. I was watching that with my girlfriend actually live, and she just was laughing. Uh, and she doesn't know football, so that's kind of really funny to her. But defensive player gets the ball, runs it towards the end zone, then drops it. And again, like 
usually when that happens, it's like it would go over the line. It literally dropped. Yeah. He dropped it perfectly one yard. <laughs> you can't even make like he literally dropped it perfectly and it stopped just like literally perfectly shy. So that there could be no doubt whatsoever yeah. that the ball. No. No. <sighs> and then and then again, a horrible missed field goal that also would have put it over the top as well. And again, I think Washington had four penalties on when they were going for fourth down because Washington is good at offense and they were like, we don't want to punt right now, but then they committed some sort of stupid penalty, either a hold or something. And then they did that again. I also had Michael Penix over two and a half at plus 140. I feel robbed on that one as well, but whatever. <sighs> Sad. Washington still good, but should have been a lot better against a Utah team there. Other than that, uh, yeah, I it's in again. This does line up pretty well. Uh, it is interesting though with Georgia though because it's it's it, it kind of sets it up perfectly because when we talk about the SEC championship game as basically being a play-in for the college football playoff, Alabama has a tougher strength of schedule than Georgia, right? So while if it was if it was flipped, if Georgia was the one that had one loss and Alabama was undefeated, you could theoretically make the case that if Alabama had lost, they could still. But they're not a conference champion, which is apparently a, a very important title that the, that they put a lot of weight into. But at the same time, because of the strength of record, theoretically Bama could have survived that, but they can't. Be, but Bama has the tougher strength of schedule, so if Georgia loses, they're done. And, like, if you want to start making tiebreakers between, oh, well, one loss Georgia or one loss, like, one loss Georgia slash one loss Michigan slash Ohio State, whichever one loses that game, there would be no tiebreakers there because those would have, they would basically be at the, at the exact, Georgia would be worse than them because of the strength of schedule, right? Because Michigan and Ohio State obviously would have played each other, which is not reflected here yet, but obviously will be when it's come out. And they both would have played Penn State. So this is, this is where this, this ends. And, and it's like, yeah, the, Georgia's strength of schedule. And again, it's not their fault because they don't get to control. They can't like, could you imagine if Georgia like signs other people to the portal? They're like, Hey, okay, Tennessee and Florida, we're going to help you get some portal transfers. So we, we can, we can make you look better, get you an extra couple wins for the year. So can help our strength. Could you imagine? <laughs> that's like, that's Kirby smart. Next level. They're like, we have to help our opponents yeah. to up our strength of schedule to get us in. T- <laughs> but no, oh they, they, they don't control that though. Right. So, it's not their fault, but it's just, it's it's worked out pretty poorly for them this year on that. So, yeah, and they did have that non-conference game against Oklahoma that was canceled because they couldn't make up the second half of it. One as a non-conference and one as a conference game. Yeah. So you know, not for lack of trying there. Um, you didn't mention that missed Washington field goal. It was only a thirty-two yard attempt. And it wasn't even close. He literally kicked it into like the the posterior of one of the linemen, his own linemen. It was just uh, just about as bad as a kick as you can even possibly ever see. You also mentioned that your girlfriend um, doesn't get football. Uh, I would say also that the gentleman that was running back that interception doesn't get football either. As um, <laughs> I don't know, ball needs to go over the goal line. I thought they kind of taught that yeah, in you se- practice. You but- sell it. Like he tried to do that whole like the, oh the the throw it into the ground and then it like the the, the one celebration where you like chuck it into the ground and it spins but he really screwed that up so yeah that was I, I really thought after Chad Johnson did that in the Fiesta Bowl and got away with it that I would never see that again and just and yet here we are and yep. yet here we are yeah <laughs> all right my top twenty teams based on my power rankings Ohio State um. 
interestingly moves a little, a little bit ahead of Michigan. They were basically tied last week. Um, I guess Ohio State was a little more impressive in their blowout of um, – I don't even remember who they played already. Um, they played not a really good team, but it wasn't even close. Or might Michigan State. Something. Okay, well, there you go. Okay. Um, so for whatever that's worth, <clears throat> um, Oregon in the top four. I think Notre Dame might have passed them. I think – really weird stuff yeah in mine and i think that notre dame was off last week i think that's because oregon like i mentioned oregon's defense is just keep you know it's just slipping down down my top 20 um and maybe that's just because they played some really good offenses recently um liberty number seven not a surprise to us kind of surprised to see oklahoma this high although um my model really likes their offense um Tennessee at number nine. That'll be interesting. Hold on to that thought for later. Um, Oregon State at 11. I I guess, I mean, they've been really impressive. And, man, they just they just, just beat up Stanford really bad. Um, no new teams in the top 20, though. Um, you know, I'm a lot higher on SMU than you are. You have them number 30. Um, you like Louisville more than I, although, personally, I think Louisville's a little bit underrated here at number 20 and they have an interesting game this week as well. Um, so I don't know what, what strikes you in, in my top 20 here. I will say that you and I both have Oregon state and Washington is pretty close. Uh, I, mm-hmm. they're not ranked close by the AP or I think the CFP, but the books agree with us because the spread there is minus one. Uh, I think, I think you you do have Oregon State fully ahead of Washington by three spots. I have Washington one spot ahead of Oregon State, so not a huge difference there. Um, but I, I I also do have Oregon State favored this week too. So I think we both are like Washington could be in trouble this week. Um, yeah, and that's not a I don't think that's on the slate of games we're going to talk about. So we might as well talk about that one now. Actually, yeah. when I adjusted when I adjusted for venue, I have Oregon by four. Um, mm-hmm. And interestingly, even though you've got them just one spot, of, you know, one spot away from each other, your sim actually has Oregon State by six. Interestingly, yeah. so neither of those margins are big enough to be um, dual model plays, but it's just it's interesting that we both have those um, have the Beavers mm-hmm. there by you know at least one score, three and or mm-hmm. four and six points. I think or- Oregon State <clears throat> beating Washington could really put a kind of spanner in the. In, in in the next couple of weeks here, it could really screw up some stuff. Yeah. And I think, because the thing is, and, and I mean, poor Oregon State. I mean, they, their conference dissolves around them and they're looking pretty good. They're not in, they're not in the running for college football playoff, but like they have to play Washington and the week after they have to play Oregon. What's that? That's ridiculous. Like that was to be I'm fair. Sorry, what? What? <laughs> USC just did that. I don't, I don't remember you playing for <laughs> USC. They just did no, that. That's true, yeah. But, I mean, now Oregon – so Oregon State could have a really, like – they could do something really funny here. If they were to beat both Washington yeah. and Oregon, they could eliminate – I think they could actually eliminate the Pac-12, and then if things fell their way, they may actually make the the, the Big 12 championship game. Um <laughs> I, or the, the Pac-12 championship game, I think. No, that was a good I, slip. Um, they just take them both. Yeah. Actually, if they won both, then they would <laughs> knock Oregon Oregon out because they would have um, the tiebreaker. They'd both have, they'd have two yeah, losses. They have tiebreaker. Yep, exactly. 
So they would they would take Oregon's place in the and then they have to play Washington again, that and they would, would eliminate the big and they they eliminate the Pac-12 from the college football playoff. And to be yes. fair, you could you could sub them in for Iowa. They'd give, give Ohio State slash Michigan a much better fight than Iowa in, in the Big Ten championship game. Yeah, um, they would. So yeah, I, just, I mean, the, the, here's the thing: Pac-12 championship games on Friday. They, if they play in that game, they either win or lose. You just fly them out to Indiana. Go, they play yeah. The, yeah. That there is no difference between Oregon State playing the day before versus Iowa. There's no difference. They're the same team. No. You can't convince yeah. me otherwise. It would. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, it's interesting. We have some huge divergence on Oklahoma and Tennessee. You're like, they're okay. I'm like, they are not okay. <laughs> I'm like, they are not good. Um, and also Notre Dame. My model still hates Notre Dame. Your model seems to like Notre Dame. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's weird where we have huge divergences. Um, but then – it, like most of the time we are mostly in alignment, but then we have huge divergences sometimes, and it's like yeah, okay. Uh, like I mean, like Liberty, we're off by a, we're off by one there. Florida State off by three. Oregon State off by two. Um, my model still loves Texas, but that love is fading slowly. Um, this week, I'm not sure if we're talking about that, but that spread opened at seven and a half. That is one million percent a trap line. That is go ahead, bet Texas. We dare you. Um, I've, I like I thought it would be higher than that. I thought it would be like no. ten and a half. Like seven and a half is the book saying, "Go ahead, we dare you. Go ahead, yep. bet Texas." Yep. Have yeah. Fun. No. Like we like, say, they're I, literally... I call it the line that it's the line that stinks. It seems to be like yeah. a thing in the Big Twelve. Just it really in the Big Twelve. Yeah. It's like um, now my model actually I think does have Texas. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think my model actually has Texas on the spread there, but like nope, that's a trap. That's very clearly a trap. Like a thousand percent. And again, they they one did not cover against TCU, and it's it's funny because we talk about the sequel to the oh to be able to run when we know when they know we're going to run. <laughs> Texas in the fourth quarter, there was I think two minutes left in the game. They had a third and thirteen from their own twenty yard line. TCU mm-hmm. had no timeouts, and the clock had stopped. So. Texas had to convert a third and 13. If not, they were in deep trouble. Like, this was not like, oh, it's garbage. Like, no, no, no. If TCU had the momentum, if they did not convert that, they were in deep trouble. They could have not only just gotten overtime, they could have lost that game. But the best part is Quinn Ewers uh, passed it, and he actually underthrew it, and Adoni Mitchell had to come back and caught it. And that actually helped them because because he had to come back. He was able to, to basically out outduel the, the cornerback so him underthrowing the ball saved them but like that is insanely close to beating a TCU team and again we said that 12 and a half looks suspicious last week turns out it was again it's this team should probably not be nine and one there probably should have been a loss or two there and, and we'll have to see this week but yeah my model is slowly saying like Texas I think I had Texas like two or three before that's down to five my model is slowly starting to say yeah okay Texas is there's some problems here, but, um, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the concerning quote that you had there, which is accurate is TCU had the momentum. That's not something that we've said a lot this year. Um, and <laughs> you're doing that. And now granted it was at TCU. So there's a little bit of a forgivable element to that, but man, they've just, they've been a, just a, not an impressive team this season. And yeah, I don't know. They, they had Quinn Ewers back too. So it wasn't like you can blame that one on Malik yeah. Murphy. Uh, and before we move on here, I think this is just kind of curious if you could buy this. My model only looks at w- what you've done. And your model looks at um, how you would do against everybody mm-hmm. versus, you know, based on what you've done. 
And mm-hmm. I would go back to what I said last week about Notre Dame's um, great against bad defenses, and they stink about against everybody else. So it's probably taking that same element and just saying, okay, yeah, they're going to lose to basically most of the top 25. And they're going to beat 26 through 133. And my my model just says, hey, they've been pretty good overall against everybody. But, you know, it's it's not kind of taking that. It's adjusting for strength of schedule, but it's not looking in the, in the granularity of, okay, they can't beat these kind of teams. So does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I think that's probably why we have yeah. a divergence there. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. There's that divergence. Also, LSU is a divergence there, too. It's probably something along the lines of, like, yeah, LSU is good, and they can score a lot of points, but that only gets yeah. you so far until you actually get, get a team that has a defense, at which point then exactly. they'll score 50, but then you can only score 30, right? So. Yep. Yep, exactly. All right, speaking of which, um, man, it's just it, – it's kind of funny to remember. At one point, um, Washington was the top offense in, in these rankings, and – LSU is ahead of them by 10 points now, almost now. Um, you know, Mike, they're, they're touchdown ahead of the number two team, which is nuts. And just for reference, I got to look this up. Um, this is, again, ahead of that 2019 LSU team, um, the offense at least. Um, you know, what else? Nothing really new here except for Missouri jumping in, which is a little bit of surprise because their offense has been good all season. Um, they were good against Tennessee. You know, I think a, a – te- Tennessee defense that I think my model likes. So maybe that's what pushed them up. It was kind of surprising that they weren't in the top 20 until this week. Um, Otherwise, not too many surprises here on my end. What about you? Yeah, no, these seem mostly in line with with the expectation. I I will say that Ohio State is interesting that it's, it's, it's interesting that it's one so high and yet two also still so low. Um, I think people are like, oh, like people have criticized Ohio State, saying, "Oh, the offense just isn't there." And I would like to remind them that basically Michigan and, and Penn State scored basically the same amount of points. Again, they they scored, they scored basically the same amount of points against Penn State. I, th- I think, right? Um, about basically, the yeah. Same score, about yeah, they both won by a... nine. Yeah, or ten. I think. It I think Ohio like, State yeah. won by more. I think they had like they both had low to mid twenties. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing, right? I think a lot of people are like, oh, well, Ohio State's offense is bad. It's like, well, their offense is just is good, but not like amazing level. And like they, they crush Michigan State. And I think people are going to say, oh, well, they beat Michigan State by less than um, I, I think they scored only. What did they score? They scored only 35 this week. What they score? Uh, that but sounds right. The, yeah. the thing is, they had um, they had 38, 38 to three. And so they. Uh, I think they, I think they missed the spread by 0.5. Nope, they covered the spread. They covered the spread. Depends on when you, when you bet the spread, but yeah, they covered by the Vegas spread. But no, it's I think people like Michigan scored more against Michigan State. But to be fair, that is a rivalry game, and that was the week that the allegations came out. So Michigan wanted to really put it to Michigan State, and they did. So I I, I don't don't believe that Ohio state is bad just because they're not hanging 50 on, on bad teams. Like they're a really good team and the strength of their, this through through the defense, Michigan, Ohio state, the game, not this week, but next week is going to be, that's going to, I am, I am going to try to like, I'm, I'm trying to push my family to get all of our black Friday shopping done on Friday night. I'm like, Oh, we don't need to go out. Let's, let's do, let's, let's go shopping on Friday night. We don't need to go out on Saturday. And then like, usually, 
And, uh, and, and like you, for some weird reason, it's American Thanksgiving weekend that my family's like, oh, we should rake leaves now. So like, I'm going to be like, okay, guys, let's, let's rake leaves on like, on like, uh, this weekend. Let's, let's do it this Saturday, let's, this Sunday. Let's, let's go rake the leaves. Like, I, I'm trying to get, every, like, I want to see this game. I want to sit down, have a nice drink, nice little, uh, nice little diet pepsi sit there on have some snacks and, and watch this game because it's going to be an incredible game I'm, I'm excited for this game in, in in two weeks yeah about that that criticism too about ohio state you know reminder when they did that graphic about mccord and you know just those really really past defenses that are really good that he's faced um you know compared to mccarthy who's had a much easier slate and since then mccord did face Rutgers. So I don't know if they're still top 10, but I think they're a top 10 passing defense. So I just, I really think that, you know, I'll, I'll update the graphic. I'll just say that I'll be interested to see what it, what it tells. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really interesting. You know, it was very interesting how little, uh, well, they, they, I think McCarthy threw eight passes. Uh, does that sound right at Penn state? Yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah. That's interesting to me. And McCord threw for 280 yards. Uh, yeah, that that defense. is interesting. It's interesting that they like with when the apps. Because I noticed that too. I I feel like, and now this may or may not have been Harbaugh. I don't know how how exactly how much influence he had over this, but I I could see that being both ways. I could see him being, don't trust McCarthy, run the ball, or them being like, okay, well, without Harbaugh, we don't really know what he would call for plays. So let's just run the ball, right? I don't know which way that worked, but. Clearly, they were like, "We are just going to run the ball. We we think we have a good matchup against Penn State on the running game. We are just going to run the ball." Like, I'm sorry, you don't pass for nine yards in an FBS game. You are not Iowa. You are Michigan. <laughs> there, there's a couple states difference there. You are not Iowa. Like, and I mean, okay, it worked. I mean, I guess Brian Ferentz was sitting there taking notes, but like, I I don't like I don't understand why that was the maybe they were really really scared of of McCarthy versus Penn State secondary. I know Mac- but the thing is at the same time McCarthy's gotten a lot of like some people are saying like he could pretend he's going to be a first round quarterback. Some people are even saying like they're they're either I've heard some things where it's basically like he's either going to be like the compete to be the first one off the board or like the fifth one off the board. Like kind of like a very boomer bust opinion on him. And I I kind of I think he's just going to be a good, not great NFL quarterback. But the fact that Michigan basically just said, like, no, we're going to run the ball. I think that speaks volumes about their faith in him, if that makes sense. I think that's them saying we we don't completely trust this guy. And if they don't trust him in a big game when you when you don't have your head coach there, I'd say that's concerning. So, yeah, yeah. Interesting, to say the least. <clears throat> Um, and then speaking of which, okay. Yeah. Penn state is the best defense that they'll, that they'll face this year, but not far behind them is Ohio state right there. So are we going to see a drastic difference? I don't know. Um, it's kind of interesting little stat to, to wrap that one up. Um, Clemson jumped in at number eight, um, (laughs) from out of the top 20, um, a couple of big weeks for them. Um, (laughs) And hey, uh, farewell, Jimbo. Here's your parting gift. Your your team uh, plus your seventy six million or whatever it is. Your team jumped into the top twenty of my defenses. Um, and there is also at number eighteen, Oregon. Like I said, I had them like at number seven just a few weeks ago. Now they've they've played some tough offenses the last couple of weeks, but 
just something to keep an eye on. Um, although, well, it'll be interesting. Um, you know, this is interesting right here. This against, if we go back to the offenses, that will be a fascinating um, matchup against Oregon State's more highly ranked offense by my um, – I think you, you ran a sim on this one too and you had Oregon – I think you had Oregon beating basically everybody in your sims, huh? Yeah, Sweet. I think so. Yeah. So, um, anyways, yeah, Clemson, good job. Um, you finally found your defense after 11 weeks. Um, and yay, Jimbo. <laughs> Number 19 in defense. You're not a defensive guy. Um, no real surprises for me other than that. Even Texas A&M belonged there. So um, nothing else for me to really comment on this one. How about you? No, that this makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, again, four Big Ten teams, top defenses. Uh, yeah. the, the stereotype is real. Um, but no, I mean, it's, yeah, it's... I, I don't know why it is that way. I don't think, like, if you looked at this, you'd be like, oh, I guess p people from the Midwest are good at playing defense, I guess. I'd, but, yeah, they they do have the best defenses in the game, right? And I, I, I kind of think this, like, let's just, if it's Michigan or Ohio State in the college football playoff, I, I, I kind of think it's going to be Ohio State, but whatever. I, I don't know who wins. Like, let's say, okay, let's say Georgia... Let's say Georgia, Ohio State, Oregon, and let's do uh, FSU. Who wins? I I don't know. Yeah. Um, like it's going to be interesting. There's so much insularity in that in that Big Ten. You know, and then the other thing too is Michigan's played nobody all season. Um, outside of Penn State. Ohio State had that big game against Notre Dame and it was close, but you know, Kyle McCord's a very different quarterback right now. So I don't know how much I would I would read into that. Um I, I don't know. It, 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 I don't know. I think to that point Ohio State Michigan's have been really, really instructive. Um since that's <laughs> clearly the you know the game for both teams in terms of what's gonna be most telling. Oh, and should mention Iowa's the, the new number one, Sad James Franklin, um, <laughs> was passed by Iowa shutting out Rutgers in a, just an absolute barn burner. What a great game that was. Um, I, I So I, I normally, I don't bet a lot of unders, but I did bet the under in that game. And it was nothing, nothing in the end of the first, and I said, I'm going to be okay. It's going to be we okay. Actually, well, we actually got lucky because I had that too. And then there was a interception like with – on the second to last play of the first half, that would have resulted, or the, would have alter, otherwise resulted in a Rutgers field goal. Um, and even then, Iowa had a total of 22, and the the total for the game was 28 and a half. I think that's yeah. what I got. It might have closed so lower. The, I think um, Iowa, I had 28 and a half too. I think if Iowa had scored again, we would have been in trouble. And I think they were kind of pushing, but I think they're just like, we're oh, just going to end the game. They, they took a knee. Uh, at Rutgers five yard line, so it was yeah. it was dangerously close. So that mm. kind of undoes the pain of the Washington game. Um, all right, uh, group of five, top ten, San Jose State up a up a spot, legitimizing that that unforeseen uh, you know jumping into the top ten last season. You still have them number twelve under the group group of five. Um, you know, I can see your model not liking Miami of Ohio, especially because they lost their quarterback and yours is a little more forward looking. Um, interesting. I, Coastal jumped into the top 10 
that Tim Beck magic just took a little time, I guess. Um, and you're not too far off at number 14. Um, mm-hmm. Coastal really put it on Texas State this last week, too. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened there. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Tim Beck magic, it just took some time, I guess. Yeah. I I will say that, again, neither of us have Tulane yeah. here at all. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's really funny that, like, the, the one team that the CFP is ranking, um, we're like, nope, you are not worthy of a <laughs> – like, you should yeah, – they're like, no, we're like, nope, you shouldn't be here, nope. What's their protocol then? Like, once Tulane actually loses, they say, well, who was good back in, like, 2021 that we can rank? You know, I guess <laughs> – Coastal Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Boise was good. Weren't they, yeah, should, should we rank them? No guys. Like I mean, it is it is so abundantly clear that the only reason Tulane is is where they are is because they beat USC in the con. Like that's literally the only reason. And they're like, okay, well Tulane's probably the best, and they have the best loss of the season, which was to Ole Miss. And I guess that's okay. And then like they're gonna be like, oh well, but they didn't have Michael Pratt in that game, and they're just not good. Like I think there's like a theory of rankings. Which, like, I, I, I sometimes subscribe to and I sometimes don't, which is that, like, say you ha- – like, theoretically, Georgia for this year, right? Like, they won last year undefeated. Or, like, whatever team you had last year should be your number one team until they lose another game. Which, like, I guess an extension of that would be your number one G5 team from last year should remain your number one G5 team. But they actually did lose, but then they should only move if they lost another G5 team. I guess that's a slight extension of that, which is my assumption of what they're doing because that's my guess is what they're doing. And they're doing that and probably mixing in some ESP and FPI into that too. But it, that doesn't make sense. And that's not an actual, it's not an actual solution to this problem. Um, so yeah, like there is there, this, the ranking that they currently have is, is absolutely egregious. Liberty should be a top 10 ish team. You don't want to rank them eight. Okay. That's fine. I can see that they should be top 20, not more than top 25. They should be top. Like you want to put them 15th. Fine. I'm okay with that. But Liberty has, has earned a ranking. And, and if they're not ranked this year, this week, if they're still ahead of Tulane, but again, they, they don't know what they're doing here, right? Like yeah. the criteria they use are designed to be as least controversial as possible to the fan bases, right? Like, imagine yeah. if you beat a team and they're like, well, actually, the advanced metrics said the other team should win, so we're going to put them in ahead of you. Like, there would be outcry, right? So they have to base it off of wins. They have to base it off of strength of schedule. Even strength of schedule is controversial because people are like, well, we, when we schedule that team, it was good. It's like, well, that's not how any of this works. But again, like, and the thing is, the alternative would be, okay, fine, we just have the bookmakers decide the top four, which, like, that's not horrible. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, but then at the time there's going to be outcry because it's like, well, gambling. It's like, well, okay, but like, right. Like, could you imagine the outcry if it was like, yeah, just have the bookmakers decide the top four. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, but that's you're then you're ignoring wins and losses, which you, you have to really incorporate, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, all right. Uh, all right. Top apex, you know, Bo Nix, goes from out of the top 10 to number five um you know that's going to happen not to give away too much of the secret sauce here but when your your first two your first two passes are completed for a combined 150 yards that's going to vault your apex ranking considerably um he did slow down after that but um it's not like he was stopped or even close um other than that just names we've seen before for the most part 
Um, yeah, any anything new on this other than Bo Nix just absolutely just had a crazy first half? I think, remember back, um, I can't remember if it was the week before or the week after when the model had like, it, it, I think it was like USC versus Stanford and it had them winning like 100 to 9 or something. <laughs> yes. And like, I feel like if you projected what Bo Nix did the first two passes out, that would have been the, like, I mean, obviously it didn't happen. He yeah. slowed down, but like you project that out, it'd be like, yeah, every pass is like a 40 yard mm-hmm. touchdown. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's, that's what I thought of there. But yeah, no, it's interesting. And again, this is a pretty good proxy for Heisman, except, and like, again, it's, it's so funny for, for Jane Daniels. Cause people are like, oh my God, Jane, after, after the game on this floor, like he's so good. It's like, yeah, but also Flores defense is bad. And also their defense is really bad too. Like Graham Merch for, threw for three hundred yards. That also no. shouldn't happen. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like he's he's it's not really a bad. It's not really a. It's not really like Graham Merch isn't bad. It's just, you shouldn't let him pass for three hundred yards. That shouldn't happen, but it did. So, like, I don't know. The thing is, you you have to do this two ways, right? You you can either say that the team the, the you can either say team strength matters for Heisman voting, or it doesn't matter, right? And if it matter if it matters, then LSU should be eliminated already because of how bad their defense is. But then if it if it does matter, then okay, yeah, Oregon makes sense. But then also you can't justify Jaden Daniels being there because then if team strength doesn't matter, then he should win, and then Bonick shouldn't even be considered theoretically, right? So yeah. like they try to have it both ways, where it's like, well, sometimes stream team strength matters, but also times it doesn't matter. It's like you can't have it like. You either completely strip out how, like, you either completely strip out how well a team's doing, and like random quarterbacks from the MAC become Heisman candidates, or you incorporate team strength. Right? You can't have it both ways. Yeah, it, yeah and I, I think the narrative just kind of is fluid from year to year, based about who's kind of getting the most media. I want to say attention, but like case as much as well, anything like, else. Where. Like, again, in terms of Apex here, right? Like, Caden Salter, he's not considered because they're going to say, well, he did he did that against nobodies. Okay, that's fine. But then if that's the case, then you can't say, well, Jaden Daniels, because then you could say Jaden Daniels did that against some, some bad SEC teams as well, right? And then, like, if you're – and you're going to make the same case against Oregon, right? Like, Oregon played Stanford. So – you can't make this argument that like, oh, well, it only matters sometimes when we team strength only matters when we say it matters. Right. If you're going to do that, what you need to have is you need to have some stats people and maybe not necessarily me, but you need to have some stats people sit down and say, here is a universal adjustment ranking system where you can say yeah. a yard against this team is equal to you, you create some standard yard, maybe a, a, a euro, maybe you make functionally the euro of yards and then you compare everybody to that euro. And then you say, oh, a yard against a yard against Oregon is worth 1.2 yards or something, or, or a yard mm-hmm. against someone. Like you do that, and then all these problems go away because then we can we can standardize everything, and then everything is good. But then, but if until you do that, then random people like Caden Salter and all these other guys are going to be left off of rankings because it's like, well, they did it against no one. It's like, well, you have to quantify no one. Like just because it's no one doesn't mean it was zero. It was still worth something. It, yeah, and I guess also to that point, okay, maybe he did he did it against lesser competition. He absolutely did. Uh, but if he if what he did is so easy, then hmm, let me see here. Uh, I don't see anybody else in the group of five that's on this list. Mm-hmm. 
So he's he's uniquely um, he is uniquely kicking ass in terms of what the G five is is doing. Uh, I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, all right, top player Ryan. No, um, nothing really. No big movement here except Troy Franklin went up again. Obviously, since he completely blowtorched the USC passing defense. Um, other than that, nothing really new here. Ricky White up to number four. We talked about UNLV in part one. Um, anything on this? No, but I, I will say that it's interesting that Marvin Harrison Jr. keeps creeping up that list as 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 uh, Cord has gotten better and better each week. So. Yeah, and also that Washington still has two guys in the top seven at this late in the season. That's just nuts. That's just freaking crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, top team, Ryan. James Madison sneaks into the top ten. Um, again, this is what happens when you play Connecticut, who has kind of stopped playing. Um, and and like I talked about in part one, um, Jordan McLeod had an apex of over 200 in that game. So that makes sense. Otherwise, the same old suspects in this group. All right. Uh, top running offenses. A couple of new entrants here. <laughs> hey, guess what, Andy Avalos? Um, sorry you lost your job, but at least your team ran, ran into Buckmetrics top 10 for running offenses. Congratulations on that. Um, and then Auburn just took, you know, he, they put it to Arkansas. I, don't, I didn't see that coming. I was on the other. I didn't play that, but I was really questioning that line last uh, last week, but i um, very glad I, I did not play that. Um Mm-hmm. Air Force down to number three. Also, um, that's interesting, and considering that that crap burger that they laid in uh, Hawaii last week, as we talked about in part one. Yeah, they're still up there. Interesting, New Mexico State. They are like a sneakily good team, like a sneakily really good team, and they actually play Auburn this week. And I am sure we're talking about that in just a few yes. minutes, so we will <laughs> stop are. talking about that. <laughs> All right, the bum lists. Um, this is disappointing. I, I I accurately predicted that two weeks ago, Daniel Richardson would probably play his way off the bum list, and he did, and then he promptly played it back on as FAU lost to, I can't even remember, but they had a really, really poor showing. A um, couple of, well, one new name here, Trexler Ivy, that's a completely new name to me, the Charlotte, the Charlotte quarterback. Uh, Cam Fancher, I was uh, pretty unkind to this young man. Um, in the, the preview of the Sunbelt and Marshall's offense dropped in, you know, Marshall's offense has been so poor that this guy dropped into the top 10 of the bum list. Now, what's interesting, I don't know if you watched that game because you're as, as sick as I am. Um, actually, you should have because you had Georgia Southern. That was one of your plays last week. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually had a different quarterback. And I don't know if Fancher got hurt or if he actually just finally lost the job. Uh, but it's uh, Chad Pennington's son. Um, who also went to Marshall, was playing at quarterback. So that might disrupt things a little bit. That was interesting. He seemed to be pretty okay, at least. I was I was making uh, – what was I making? I was making dinner for my wife. It was something that was very involved. Uh, can't remember, but um, it was very involved dish, so I kind of just had only one eye on the game. Couldn't really watch it too much. Um, and then, you know, from a, a Team Ryan ranking standpoint, Army drops into the, the bottom 10, no big deal. That kind of fits their style. Uh, Rutgers at number nine did nothing to disabuse us of their belonging in the bottom 10 too. That was a rough show against Iowa. Yeah. All right. Uh, Defensive team impacts. Um, Iowa state jumps into the top 10. Otherwise, like I said, Rutgers, they, you know, 
they are good, as I mentioned, I was talking about Kyle McCord. Uh, Northern Illinois stays in the top 10. I really don't get that, but they've been there all season. I'm not going to, it's kind of late in the season to argue with that. Um, otherwise, nothing really newsworthy here for you. No, nothing. Interesting to see Northern Illinois that high because they have just done nothing the last two weeks at all. Yeah. No, they really haven't. I don't, it's a really weird team. Um, all right, top run defenses. Troy jumps into the top 10. Um, I think they're, they've just about got the West wrapped up in the Sun Belt. Um, other than that, the one thing that sticks out to me, it's going to be interesting, UCLA's top uh, 10 run defense. Now, UCLA, USC is not a top 10 running offense uh, because they actually pass the ball like 54% of the time. Uh, I think the college average is about 51 so USC, you know, it, it'll, it'll, USC is a very good running defense. It'll be interesting to see them against uh, UCLA's rushing defense. Um, on the other side of the ball, too, it'll be interesting to see what on earth Chip Kelly's trying to do against um, against my deeper dive. Let's just stay tuned for that in a second here. Um, yeah. But, but otherwise, nothing, nothing really earth-shattering on this one for me. All right. Ready to talk about some games now. This, since we're doing it on a Monday night, these might have moved since um, our graphics department um, and all the interns did their work late last night. Um, so, BC at Pitt, I, uh, and a total of 47, Pitt's giving one and a half. Did Tom, I didn't have a chance to look. Did, did, did Thomas Castellanos get hurt? That's the only way I can see that Pitt's being favored in this game. Um, and with a total me- of 47. Uh, let me check. You can move on to the... We could go... Okay, one second. Uh, let me see here. I, 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 I also don't... I know there was people betting on Pitt last week. Um... I don't see anything. No, I'm not seeing anything either. That doesn't make any sense at all. I just, what am I missing here? There were a lot of people that, there are a lot of people that bet on Pitt late last week and Pitt lost. So maybe there's some people who like believe in Pitt, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't, I don't get either. I mean, okay, maybe it's a defensive oriented game. Pitt's defense is not horrible, but I just, this doesn't make sense to me. Um, there's got to be some kind of injury I'm not seeing. And again, I'm not a huge BC homer. I thought Jeff Halfley would be gone by now after he lost Northern Illinois and he barely beat Holy Cross. So interesting. I, yeah, I, I grabbed, uh, I grabbed BC plus two and a half in the money line. And I guess it's, yeah, I'm not sure if it's minus, is it pit minus one now or is it pit? I don't know. I got closing line value somewhere. I'm not sure. Which yeah, way, this was done but... last night, so this might have moved since. So, uh, let me just see if I got it. It pit by two and a half now. That that it doesn't makes even less sense. I, I don't mm-hmm. get, it, but a lot of things I don't get. Um, okay, Colorado, Washington State. I just see this, and my thought is, man, Washington State. They were such a good defensive team last season, and um, I think they missed Brian Ward, who's now the defensive coordinator at Arizona State. I just, you know, when I see a total of 64, 
yeah, Colorado's got a nice passing game, but it just it just really kind of struck me that like, yeah, this is why Arizona State is so good. It's they have the guy that would have, you know, had this number at like 49 last season. Um they really missed that guy. I actually have them as like the third worst defense in the Pac-12 right now, Washington State. Yeah, I I have this as pretty high scoring. I've got this at 69. So I have maybe mm-hmm. a little bit of value there on the over. This is a Friday night game, 1030 yes. Friday night. So I'm pretty excited for this one um, for a couple of reasons. So Colorado, although they did lose last week, they did cover the spread, which was good. But I'm still sad they lost mostly because I had Colorado at three to one to win the game. But also my preseason Colorado over four and a half bet. <laughs> um, they are only at four. So if if and when Colorado wins the next game, I get to cash a nice juicy little uh, preseason favorite there, a nice little uh, two to one preseason bet. So come on, guys, you got two games left. You got one. <laughs> come on, you want to make a bowl? You got to win this game. And and actually, like winning up, getting into a bowl game is weirdly possible for Colorado. They got Washington State, and I think they have Utah. Someone else who's winnable, I think. Another game that's winnable next week, I think. Yeah, they Utah. Can be Utah. Utah's offense stinks. Yeah, so like um, I don't believe we we could yeah. see the we could see the Dion show continuing here in a bowl game. So I'm pretty excited for that. So come on, guys, you got this. I believe in you. I believe in you <laughs> early. I believe in you now. Come on, who else bet you against TCU? No one else did that. Come on, I got you. Come on, that's very true. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. Good luck with that. Um. The next one. You know, kind of the 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 message has been since been received as this was done kind of earlier on Sunday, and since then Zach Arnett was left. You know, the whole takeaway is, my gosh, you're only favored by 13 and a half against a really bad Southern Miss team. What is going wrong with your program? And I, the athletic director said, yeah, it's not in the right direction. Let's go ahead and um, let this gentleman go. So Zach Arnett has been let go. Um, hopefully, he is in my um, in my time zone next year running the defense at the Coliseum for the USC Trojans. Um, so, I mean. Who even is the interim? Because right now I'm seeing Southern Miss plus 14, and I actually have Southern Miss as favorite in this game. I didn't even see that. Jesus. Uh, I don't even know who it is. I don't even know. I don't know anybody else on the staff. I, I really don't. That's kind of one of the problems that we have. So then is it I the think... play Southern Miss? Good luck with that. Um let me see. Well, I, I will say that uh, let's go back here for a second. Yeah, that uh, remember I mentioned that Will Hall stopped calling the plays and they, they started to improve. Mm-hmm. And it, the Billy Hiles, I think, is his name. He's no longer on the bum list. He's played his way off. So maybe, maybe, I don't know. I, I can't join you, but that's not, believe me. Um, I will not talk you out of that. That, that, that. That's a pretty sound play, I think. Interesting. I, I don't I don't think the problem like okay yeah you fired the coach and yeah you needed to I don't think he was the problem I think there's other far deeper problems one of which is that Mike Leach is no longer the coach of Mississippi State yeah. I think that's the fundamentally biggest problem and I I, I kind of feel like that now obviously of course Mike Leach one of the the best and and, and most fun coaches to ever do it and unfortunately he passed away but my kind of takeaway from this is he left them a bunch of pieces that they don't know what to do with, and he knew how to make them all work, but they don't. They didn't know how to make it all work. Well, they. I, here's my problem with this: is you know they went to a totally different offense. Remember, just Rogers was just horrible. He just was struggling in this new offense to start the season, and clearly, I don't think he got much better. Um, 
But if you're going to let your coach totally redo the offense, um, I don't see how that lines up with being so um, anxious to fire him and let him go. It doesn't make sense. You've just basically not just lost a year. You've really set your your program back considerably because now what's the next guy do? Start over again? Um, you know, it's it's that serial start over where you really start to just see a cumulative effect. And, you know, by next year, now maybe the, the, the portal makes this a little different, but that's when you see the cumulative effects really just kill your roster. Um, mm-hmm. So this could be a really bad situation. I don't know who they're going to get. I haven't heard any names just because there's other bigger jobs that are available. Um, all right. Tulane only given nine and a half at FAU and we've kind of beat up Tulane quite a bit. And I think this kind of proves for good reason. Um, if you're the best G5 team, you should not be giving less than double digits to a extremely struggling and super erratic Florida Atlantic team. I guess I'll just keep it at that. Now, maybe with this with is a QB move. on the bum list, too. Yeah, back on the bum list. Hot hot on, yeah. you know, breaking news. So. It's, it's concerning, uh, to say the least. Um, and again, this is, again, hasn't been updated yet, but this had better not be the top-ranked G5 team tomorrow. If it is, I'm going to post about this on Twitter. Like, I actually will be upset about this. But anyways, yeah, I actually, again, I have, for the second straight week, I have the spread right on what it is. So I see no play here, which makes me sad because I would love to hit FAU, but also FAU is bad too. So, I don't know. There will come a time to bet against Tulane probably very soon. I have no idea who their rival is. I know, I know they're the... The green wave, maybe their rival is global warming. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I who is the rival anyway? Um, the... I don't know. Just um, half these conference USA or these American, it's all made up. Yeah. Um, let me just see here. The, if not, they'll be playing in, I think they're playing in the conference championship games. So we could fade them then. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I, they play UTSA next week, who I believe is undefeated in American play. Is that right? Ah, there you uh, go. Yeah. That might be where it ends. Interesting. Um, yeah, the Americans got an interesting thing. They have three teams that are still undefeated right now. Tulane, SMU, and UTSA. Now, Tulane and, and UTSA play each other. Um, that's interesting. That's really interesting. This this is now the problem when you don't do divisions. Yeah. See, there's problems with divisions and there's problems without divisions. One of the problems without division is that sometimes you're eliminated just because you lost that one game. Right now, theor- now next year for the Power Five conferences, it won't matter because say there's a Power Five conference yeah. and it was like Penn State played Michigan and then Michigan played Ohio State and then like Ohio State played yeah like say it worked that way and say that Michigan beat Penn State lost to Ohio State and then Ohio State beat Michigan then people would say oh well it's because Michigan beat. Penn State, then Penn State got eliminated from that game, and that sucks for them. But next year that won't matter because then Penn State's going to the cultural playoff anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. But just yeah, <laughs> it's for for these lower conferences that does kind of, that is unfortunate, and it's it's there is worse exam there's more egregious examples of it last year when Alabama like got excluded because they lost that one game. Like it happens at the divisional level too, but it's when when you get out of those, when you get those you know, those non-conference divisional lot like non-divisional conferences and you sometimes lose one game and you're like that's it i'm eliminated because everybody else was good too so yeah um 
yeah, agree. All right, this next one, I, and the thing is my model has this exactly right on. It's got Louisville by one and a half. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I don't get it. I mean, Louisville's like legitimately good and Miami has some legitimately good performances that were like a month ago that are in this number. You interestingly actually have Louisville by four. Four. Here. And and you actually have Emory Williams at Miami's quarterback, and he – I didn't see anything official, but I don't think he's playing again the rest of the year. Um, apparently, he had mm. a really gruesome injury, like when they actually – they showed a replay. ESPN wouldn't show a replay of it, but when they showed it in the stadium at Doak Walker, um, it just the, – the, the noise of the crowd was just gruesome. Like, it was as if they had just seen yeah. a murder. Um, it, was, it was awful. Um, so – I think that I, I just I can't I don't I don't know am I missing something here again? Um, I don't know. No, I, is, is, so is Jack Plummer you, hurt? I I hate to make this no, like is the quarterback hurt, but you know I I gave myself a mini Narduzzi in part one, and so we just kind of make got to make sure here that my that's the only thing I can think of that I'm missing. I mean I don't I don't I, these two teams are just you know. I mean, Louisville is just better. Their their defense has been in the top twenty for a while. Miami's not. Uh, all right, Plummer was questionable for. No, that was last year. So there's nothing. Yeah, if you Google Jack Plummer injury, you're getting stuff from last year when he was at Cal. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I don't get I, this. This is early sun Saturday, right? I like the thing is. Louisville almost lost to Virginia as a 20-something point favorite. Uh, that's pretty crazy. On the other hand, Miami almost upset Florida State. That's also pretty crazy. I I, I kind of just... If you... if like Gun to my head, Louisville. But that's just because I could just get Louisville money line. Like, I don't trust them to cover any spread. Like, even the minus one and a half, I'm a little iffy on. Like, I'm like, they win by one. They're like they're gonna win this game by one point somehow. Like it's like Louisville money line or that's it. And you can get that at minus one twenty, so that's acceptable. But like, I, there's far better value I think this week than that. I'm just gonna let whatever happened in this game happen. Like, I, you got Mario Cristobal versus uh, uh, Brom. Jeff, Jeff Brom, yeah. Who Jeff Brom? Like, I, I. So the thing is, I, I actually did have I had Louisville as a play. I did not touch it though smartly because I was like, oh, Louisville should win this game by like multiple scores. But I've learned about I've learned about Jeff Brom from Isaiah. And like one the one game when they played NC State and they didn't cover that and they they basically gave me a push there, I learned. It's like touching a hot stove. You're like, I'm never doing that again. Never. Never doing that again. Like they should have beaten that NC State team by like a billion and they were just like, nope, we're gonna win by three. And I'm like, that's it. I'm not trusting you guys against bad teams ever again. And sure enough, just like twenty point favorites against a horrible Virginia team with Col- with Caldera too. They brought back Anthony Caldera. Yeah, Tony Musket yep. has been benched or even I don't even. There's no explaining that. I don't. No, but I yeah, no. I just I, yeah. Louisville has something to play for here too. I mean, they actually, as a one loss team, they think that they might have a path to the playoff question mark i can't talk him out of it um i mean my i just miami i don't know just 
Uh, okay. I don't know. Enough if about if that. I was on the if I was on the committee, it, you lose to Pitt, you're eliminated. That's that's how that works. You lost to Pitt <laughs> as I don't even. It was some massive favorite too. It wasn't like a close game or no. What was the spread? I don't even know what the spread in the game. Wasn't it weirdly close? And then they lost. It was like seven, and it was like that's weird. And they lose. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, yeah. Okay, fine. Maybe you've convinced me a little bit to play Louisville in the money line, but like that's it. I'm not. I am laying no numbers with this team at all. That's not happening. Yeah. All right. Um, you know, the next one I just bring up, Louisiana Tech, my gosh. Um, they are staring, unfortunately, at, at as as now eight-and-a-half-point dogs to Jacksonville State, being swept by the two uh, new entrants in the Conference USA. Not exactly what you wanted when you were looking at that, how the season was going to go. That's rough. LA Tech somehow losing to Sam Houston State. It's weird. My model actually like had that spread exactly as it is, so I didn't touch it. And I I wanted to bet Sam Houston State. I just kind of forgot slash was like, yeah, there's better, but they won that game. So shout out to them. Sam Houston State. Like I mean, it's too late. It's far too late. Like way way too late. But like they're kind of figuring out some things. I mean, okay, they beat an FCS team by three when they were 16 point favorites. So that's not great. Um, but I guess it's a rival of some kind, so okay. But hen, there then you take down Louisiana Tech, which is not the biggest of accomplishments by any means. Um, <laughs> but it's something. Hey, the FBS win, and uh, yeah, I, I again, I'm not sure if I'm gonna say it this week, but like I have actually already been on Sam Houston this week. Really? Wow. They're getting 13 points against. Is it uh, Western Kentucky? No, I don't think it's Western Kentucky. It's someone. Yeah, it's Western Kentucky. And I've actually gotten closing line value already, which is the most scariest thing you could say this college football season. Um, yeah, exactly. I like I liked your chances until then. <clears throat> yeah, but to be fair, it's only a half point closing line value. So we're still alive. Um, <laughs> okay. But, yeah, it's uh, – yeah. There we go. Yeah, so. interesting. Okay. Um this one, it, even worse. Uh, so App State at JMU, uh, you know, App State's had a nice little resurgence against some some crummy teams here as of late. Um, I I just see JMU as just much, much better. Now, this line has actually gone down to 10.5, um, which really puzzles me. I, I, don't, I don't get this at all. Um, now we're just going to have to be like the – yeah, this is like this is the quarterback injury hour here. Um, let's make sure. No. Uh, no. If you do injury, it goes back to Arizona. So Jordan McLeod's okay. I, I don't get this. I mean, App State, all right, nice little two-game run. Awesome for you guys. I mean, there's – it's just it's not even close here. Um, and it's not like this is, you know, that weird road trip to Boone, North Carolina. This is at JMU. Um, what do you have here? Yeah, I've got, uh, I do have James Madison favored, but not by a ton. So that's a bit odd, but I'll look into that. I think there is a bit of a bug here with their quarterback. So I'm going to clean that up. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, 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 like app state, they absolutely destroyed Georgia state last week. Did not expect that at all. Um, the spread was one, and they just <clears throat> annihilated them. Like, it was Georgia State minus one, and App State crushed them the same way that 
UCF destroyed Oklahoma State. So yeah. it's very interesting to me that this spread is this close. But I think I'd still say JMU there, though. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what about this next one? Um, you know, we had a good ten minutes on the on the airport, the airline. What, what, what is it? The uh, airplane the air, graveyard. Airplane graveyard. Yeah. Yeah. This has moved a little bit now to three, but I just um. And again, I don't. I I really don't like to react to just one game, but you've got two just inexplicably bad Air Force games, and then you've got a UNLV team, UNLV team that's been really, really good. Um, you know, I think we're part, we're past the part where we just say it's fluky. Um, I I just don't get this line. Now let me see if if my um, yeah, I don't know. My Air Force was so good before that before whatever happened to them. Um. I mean, my model really likes Air Force here, but I just, by my eyes, and I hate to be eyeball test guy, um, just UNLV just looks like the better team to me. Um, what about yeah. you? I I agree with that. I think I've already I've already bet UNLV here, so. Mm-hmm. I got, I think I got right. four and a half, four and a half or four. I got something like that, so. Um, all right, Marshall at South Alabama. I think this is up to ten and a half now. Um Yeah, which makes more sense. I just, I, I can't see, um, and that, that basically is enough to barely keep it not being a play. Um, I have I have South Alabama by 16, so it's not enough margin to bet. Your model, I, I have a note here, love South Alabama here. This doesn't make sense, and I don't know if the market's still short to catch up to just how how fraudulent Marshall is or not. Um Good margin for you, though. I mean, eight points is, is or no, Jesus, you've got it by 19. So you've got like a, a 10 and a half point margin here. Yeah. Would you bet this I, yeah. Uh, maybe. Let me see here. Yeah, I've got 18. I, I'd consider it, but Marshall did kind of hurt me last week. Um, so I don't know if I'm, I'm, I'm eager to, to try it again, but I'll think about it, though. All right, uh, Kansas State at Kansas. I I know it's a rivalry game, and I don't want to say you know, hey, just dis- disregard any Lance Leipold team. But Kansas is down to their third quarterback now. Um, doesn't this line seem? Is this just that this is the theme of the Big Twelve this season? It's just like another stink line. Yeah, shouldn't Kansas State be like at least double digits here? <sighs> It's iffy. I'm just. I'm kind of done with with Kansas uh, this year. It's just. It's. It's been. I've been hurt too much. I like. They should have beaten Texas Tech. Like, I mean, okay, I get that the spread was short, but then you lose your quarterback, and it's like whatever that happens. But it's just like, I just. I can't. I. I can't any. Like next year, we'll come back, and and we'll. I'll be on this team at some point. But I just. That was just. Not this year. I'm, I'm, yeah, that I'm was okay. a rough one. Yeah, and, I'm okay with them for, for this year. And I didn't even, yeah, I mean, I have a Kansas football t-shirt on. I mean, I cashed on them when they hit their seventh win. Yeah. Because I was so upset at that stupidly low win total. And they've done this with their backup quarterback. I mean, what if they had Jalen mm-hmm. Daniels all season? They could have they could have been 10-2 uh, yeah. quite easily. Um, yeah, this, I don't know, this looks short to me, um, considering that Kansas is down to QB3. 
Uh, the next one, actually, that line is flipped now. Oregon State is actually giving one, I think, when I checked last this morning, which makes sense. I've got um, – talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, I've got Oregon State uh, by four, so not enough to play. This is just interesting to me. Um, I think that there's – it's weird. Is I guess, is Oregon State the sharp guy play here? Oh yeah, you've like actually a thousand you've got them percent. by six. Yeah, it just yeah. seems like there's so much. How do I say this? This seems like the classic. Um, you're 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 just going to take money from from sharps versus the public. I think Washington is just is so much a public team in this one. Um, I don't know any public square that's going to say yeah the Beavers are the play here. Um, it just doesn't. No, Doesn't they're compute. all they're gonna be like, oh man, you're you're giving Michael Penix points. <laughs> it's like no, yeah, yeah. Like we, um, they, that's what that's what the the public says. They're like, oh man, you're giving Michael Penix points. He's gonna throw for like 500 yards. We're like, no, no, no. It's Oregon State. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Um, so we agree on that. I'm not gonna play it, but it just, um, actually, I had this as a wrong team favorite play for a little bit until the the line swung to Oregon State last night. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about this one too again a little bit earlier. This is another just Big Twelve stink line. Um, <laughs> Texas giving eight and a half to Iowa State. Just um, it. I mean, believe me, you know, I I I was um, one of the the earlier ones to say Iowa State's a lot better than people expect here. Now, having said that, you know, I. <laughs> It should be a lot more than eight and a half, I think, um, and not going by my model, but just going by kind of, you know, if I was setting a line to book bets, I would set it a lot higher. I'll put it that way. It's um, down to seven and a half. Which, yeah, okay. Again, just like that, you know, Oklahoma and Kansas. Like, again, yep. this is just a big 12 thing for whatever reason. And, um, and the fact is you yeah. can bet everything is on Texas. There is no way that the public is betting on they're not like you know. Actually, this game is in Iowa, is in Ames, Iowa. Like, no, they're all in Texas. And if you're sitting here and you're and you're the books, and you're sitting here with a ton of money on Texas, and 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 you're like, yeah, actually, we're gonna take a point away. That's a giant red flag. The fact that this isn't nine and a half or like thirteen and a half yeah. tells you everything you need to know. The books don't care. The books are like, yeah, fine. They're losing. We know they're going to lose. This, this opened at nine as well, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of just to reframe your point and, you know, in terms that my dumb brain will um, comprehend, literally it's like, you know, I guess they're, 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 they're scared of the sharp money here and yeah. they'll take all. Yeah. Um, See, that that's the, yeah. that's the thing you have to think about when you, cause the thing is, Books know who they're going to – they generally – they design lines so they know who they're going to need and they're okay with that, right? Mm-hmm. So like they've been burned by Bama in the last couple of weeks. But at the same time, like and, – and Bama is one of those public teams but not nearly as public of a team as Texas. So like they know they're going to need whoever Texas is playing. And they're not going to be like – they're not like, oh, okay, we'll just give money to other teams. Like again, when it, when it was against BYU, it was like 20 – the spread was like 19 or something. Like – they know when they need certain teams and they're like, if they're like, we know we're okay with needing Iowa to come within seven and a half. 
then they're okay with that. Like, again, I, I think this is going to... Like, could you imagine if this closes under 7? Like, it, it's heading that way. If this closes... If this yeah. is Saturday and it's 6.5, just, like, everything on Iowa, everything in your account <laughs> on Iowa... I'm not yeah. even joking. Like, no, but like no, seriously. No, it's, yeah. Like, it's like, that's how bad. Like, it's... They know. They yeah. know. They're like... This is because even then, this was the game last year that te- the Texas weirdly. It was like I think Texas won this game by two last year. It's this weird game where it's weird things happen when you go to to Iowa State. No one wants to play there. It's far away. Texas has been struggling. Iowa State actually looks good this year. The re- everything is there. The recipe yeah. is all. All the ingredients are there. Yeah, to your point, just another Big Twelve game where like you know. The more the line supposedly moves against you, the more you want to bet it. Um, yep. At least that's yeah. This we've seen that like five times now. All right, my deeper dive. Um, you know now, if you saw like any of the first five minutes of the Oregon USC game, clearly that that passing defense has some work to do. <clears throat> but this is interesting. Um, I was just kind of curious if they were gonna if they um, were going to improve against the run, which made more sense. You know, I I'm not an X and O guy but I'd seen just enough uh, videos where basically you just had USC with these insanely stupid fronts and there'd be like nobody for like three linemen to block. So of course teams are just getting way you know, way downfield before first contact, as we saw, especially in the Washington game. Um, you know, so the, the adjustment, and again, I'm not an X no guy, but my, I could see it is that you, you didn't have a bunch of these crazy fronts you had a lot more just your typical four man fronts with, with, you know, gap integrity for the most part. Um, now the other thing too, is they, they made a point and I don't know if this is out of respect for the, the feet of Bo Nix. They didn't seem to really put a premium on pressuring the quarterback as Alex Grinch did. Um, they didn't sack him once. Um, but what was interesting was, you know, they seemed to really have Oregon's running game under control. Because honestly, you know, if I'm looking at the at, at the players that I fear the most on that Oregon offense, it's Bucky Irvin and um, Troy Franklin. And so I just looked at this and I said, okay, well, what 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 are the toughest uh, games that Oregon has had rushing the ball this season? And so actually, Texas was Texas Tech. Um, that was a road game. That was the toughest one this season. Um, then Cal, and this is actually their third worst on a on a um, yards per rush basis, which was interesting to me. So, you know, what I saw by my eyeballs actually seemed to be confirmed by the numbers here. Um, you know, Washington, that's whatever. Um, but let's look, you know, the the defense that everybody's in love with every year, Utah. Um, they were, Utah was was basically three quarters of a yard better per play, um, better against the run. And that, I believe, was a home game for Utah as well. Um, pretty interesting. So promising. Now, you know, can we believe it? So... I went and I, I said, okay, well, what does this look like versus other games this season? You know, this is each opponent that they've that USC has faced this season. Here is what they've done uh, in their game against USC, rush per or yards per rush, and then here's what they did against all the other teams. And this is basically, you know, a higher number is worse here by USC. You know, this game against Oregon, they held Oregon 1.2 per yards uh, per rush below their average. You know, the the next best game, there's one that was better than that in Nevada. I don't care. Great. You're better than Mountain West defenses. Not a great accomplishment. Uh, move on. You know, this was even better than that Notre Dame game, which was, 
you know, what I thought was the best defensive game of the season. Um, now, that Notre Dame game was a false positive, um, but I'm thinking that this is – this. I can, I can buy it. I kind of, you know, my eyeballs and the metrics and just the logical kind of line up here. I'm not going to say that USC has got a, an awesome run defense, but I think they're going to be good enough. At least they have one thing that the defense, I think, can be competent at now. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how they do against UCLA. Um, UCLA's, <laughs> as we've talked about a bit here, especially in part one, their, their, their passing game has gone to absolute crap. Um, I don't know if I'm a UCLA fan, if I'm really comfortable with, you know, whoever is UCLA's quarterback du jour um, having to win this game. Um, their run offense, if they can just be kind of held in check here, which seems reasonable considering how much better Oregon's running game is than UCLA's. Um, I, th I think I think at the very least UCLA is going to have a – I don't think they're going to score as much as people might – might think at first um, at first rush. I might put it that way. I think this, you know, I don't even know what the total is, but this might be a good uh, underplay too, just based on that. So, you know, we had a false positive against Notre Dame, but this is just so much better, I think, than any other game against, you know, best performance against the best offense that we've seen, especially running the ball. Washington doesn't even run the ball that well. So um, kind of hard to just discount this, um, you know, you skeptical, you kind of believing like me, you kind of plus believing. I, I, so, I mean, on running, yeah, improvements. Passing, yeah. And, <laughs> but at the same time, though, to be fair, it's Oregon, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. the thing. So it's hard to, you have to kind of squint a little bit. And after those first two plays, really squinting a bit. But it's, it's, there's a little bit of something there, I think. Yeah. And it's, um, mm. yeah. And again, like literally it's just, if they can just find one thing they can do, you can, you can make a game plan. I think defensively, if you have one thing that you can kind of say, okay, we can, we can do this. Okay. Don't have to be the best. And again, if their defense can slow down UCLA's, I think, you know, it's going to be a, a different dynamic being at home against UCLA than on the road at Oregon. That just, you know, it's kind of stupid to say out loud because it's so obvious until you, mm -hmm. unless you haven't thought about it. So, um, just, just interesting. Um, I just, by far to my eyeball and by the metrics, you know, their best run defensive, their best run defense effort of the season. The other thing I do want to, um, I do want to bring up is that at some point around here, they actually led the nation in tackles for loss and tackle for loss yardage. So these horrible numbers were actually a lot worse once you actually went to called running plays because you had a lot of sacks that were dragging these numbers down. And it's funny to say when you see such horrible numbers that they were dragged down, <laughs> but uh, they could have been just atrociously bad, maybe is the way to put it, put it best. Mm -hmm. I, I will say that this is probably something more to look for for next season um, rather than this season. Because again, you do only have two more Caleb Williams games. That's the problem, right? Yeah. Because there is no way he's going to go to a bowl. Uh, no, we have one more. They're off the last week. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep, uh, that's why they oh, played right, week zero. Ah, uh, okay. So that's it. So this is Caleb Williams' last game. Okay, then, yeah, I'm betting, I'm betting UCLA – or uh, USC there, sorry. Yeah, they're going to cover against UCLA. But, yeah, that, that's it. He won't be playing the bowl. Um, and this is something to look for for next year. Um, and, again, I think the biggest thing for USC's bowl game is uh, – because with the 
whoever you Caleb Williams replacement be next year, would that be who gets the start in the game? Uh, it's interesting. So I, you know, Miller Moss has much more experience, but he's not your Riley quarterback. He's not really a mobile guy. Malachi Nelson uh, is a guy that Riley um, recruited to Oklahoma and he committed. Then he came over with Riley to USC, or I guess he recommitted to USC from after decommitting from Oklahoma. He's much more of a Riley guy. Now he, you know, it was his first year. He might take some time, you know, looking at Riley's track record at Oklahoma. He typically likes to use these upperclassmen. You know, I did that analysis showing how much better his numbers are with upperclassmen. So it, it, I don't know. Uh, I don't, I guess Moss would get the nod right now, but I wouldn't consider him to be the more likely starter next year, if that makes sense. I, I think, but I don't think this situation particularly has happened with Oklahoma that much before. I think most of the time they have been in a competitive game late in the season. Yeah. So I would say, yeah. and like the, the thing is the, basically star NFL players opting out of the bowl game. That's only been a relatively recent development. That's only been the last kind of two, three years. I don't think Kyler Murray or Baker opted out of the bowl. So that's going to be an interesting thing. I'd love to see the young kids start. Um, I feel like that's the right play just to see what he has. Give him some game experience. Depends who your opponent is as well too. But yeah, like this is the last Caleb Williams game. So, uh, Buckle up yeah. for that, but yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's gonna be. I, I I the thing is, I actually do. I I want to see USC succeed, right? Like, I, I mean, I guess we're kind of rivals in that case, but like Lincoln Riley is like. I mean, when you see USC, they do some of the most fun things in 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 the game, right? I'd love to see them score fifty against Iowa or some Big Ten teams <laughs> next year, right? And and also stop them from scoring fifty. I'd like to see them beat Iowa or Minnesota 50 to 10, right? That'd be great. Like I want to see USC succeed. I want to see like, and, and, and Oregon USC was a pretty good game, but it would have been even better if, if USC had a, had a good defense too, then they would, then that game would have been like, a, then they would have been like Oregon minus two and a half or something. And then this game goes to overtime and we get even more football. Right. So like, yep. I, yep. I, I, I'm not, so like, yeah, I'd love to see USC's defense improve. And I think, I think it's it's looking a little bit that way. You get a better defensive coordinator. You get some transfer kids. I think you'll. I think this team will be well equipped for the Big Ten next year. I think so. I, just, I will say that um, you know they had a guy. He was Mike Mike Bone, the former athletic director. His chief of staff was a guy named Brandon Sosna. I don't know if we talked about him. Um, he's actually in the front office of the Lions now. He's just a brilliant kid. He actually um, when. He's been with, he was with Bone for a long time. And I think when they were at Cincinnati um, and Lincoln Riley was a, the offensive coordinator in East Carolina, they actually had uh, at his, at that point in time, they had Riley as a potential candidate to be a head coach should they have a, a position open up. So they're just, you know, they're very just, you know, Sosna's really sharp in terms of metrics and, and analytics. And I would love, I would have loved to have him around now just to make a case for a guy like John Rudzitsky, like I've done a couple times on this one. Um, so anyways, okay. Uh, Buck with a B, the bookie. Um, <laughs> take a screen grab if you want to see the rules here. I'm not imagining you have any plays at this point. I've done the, taken the liberty of uh, 
lining Cross up the ones the that are dead ones. Yeah. Yes. One more. Th- one more this week. Texas under nine and a half. They'd have to lose this week to keep that alive. If not, that's over. Other than that, I mean, with the exception of Air Force, I mean, a lot of these are going to be two weeks from now. And I'm not in bad shape. I think no one has won yet, I don't think. Um, so I, I've lost a couple of plays, but those were pretty small dollar plays comparatively. And we've got a lot of bigger ones. Like, um, So the big one is obviously the game. Like Ohio State there, that one is going to... Yep. Um, so that's got three can, here. It's got your your college football champs and your Ohio State Big Ten and Michigan not to make Michigan CFP. Not. That's all. Yep. All hinging on one game. So, yeah, that's and now the thing. The nice thing is though, Harbaugh will not be on the sidelines in that game. Now he might be in a bleacher seat somewhere with a pair of binoculars. I, I don't know, or in a hotel room somewhere. I I don't know either. But yeah, so uh, we'll see. Florida State to make CFP, that's that's definitely in play as well, but they look not great against Miami. I think I'm kind of done. Again, once you get late this late into the season, your plays are kind of done. Um, yeah. There's no real value on the Heisman anymore. Um, yeah, so. Okay. All right, so last week, um, not an awesome week. I will say um, I did – my model had two more um, totals hit, both unders, um, a very different mm-hmm. numbers, 68 and 28. Um, that brings the, 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 the model totals to 17 and nine on the year, uh, 31% ROI. Um, man, good. Again, a good season for the model and the totals. Um, yeah. com- composite ROI of 10.8%, which is great. Um, that's, you know, I think pros would pre- pretty much take that. Um, Let's oh no! Col- oh, go, wait, oh. go back for a sec. Colorado yeah. won, or they they covered the spread. Right, I will fix that. Okay. There we go. Go go Sorry get that stat that. correction to the, uh, my bookie there. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, other than that, I mean, uh, Washington minus eight. No words. That should have. That should yeah. be. A, there should be a green dollar sign beside that one. Well, um, although, but then that, yeah, not. This was extremely lucky too. Like we said, I mean, taking the, uh, I mean, taking I think the they just the kind of want to end. kind of want to end the game too, though. But yeah, I know it's it's yeah. whatever. But yeah, and and this the Kansas with you know down to QB three that just yeah. sucks. And then and the we fact didn't that it happened. That... Yeah, well, and, and it happened during the game. You know, the, the, mm-hmm. well, yeah, that was just stupid on my part, and I took I took it on that. I I, I took responsibility for that. I want to say this about the Kansas game too. You know, I kind of learned about. 21 years ago now it was, because I remember it was in the 2002 season. The time that an injury sucks is the game in which it happens. Every injury can be tough, but if you have a week to game plan around it, fine, good. You at least have a strategy around it. I don't think Lance Leipold, who is an awesome coach, spent hours and hours of last week saying, hey, when we get this Ballard kid, I don't even remember his first name is, when Ballard is our quarterback this week, you know, against uh, Texas Tech, here's what we're going to do. And he had to play literally almost the whole game because Bean was hurt really early. Just it, It's literally as bad as you can get. So that's that's a rough one. They should have, yeah. Tough one for for my Hawks. So, mm-hmm. all right. Um, these are the upsets. 
Uh, yeah, this did not go the way that <laughs> I think I kind of talked you into this one. And then I actually went up betting Coastal Carolina on that. Um, <laughs> you've got a couple here. You've been talking about this one for a while. Uh, again, again, today, haven't talked about this one, which looks a little, a little optimistic at this point. FAU versus uh, over Tulane. Don't know if we have that happening. Although Tulane's been, well, I don't know. They haven't been mm-hmm. that bad. They'll, they'll muck out a, a close one. Uh, I've been talking about this one for a while. This is the exhale game. If, you know, Utah coming off that, that huge road trip um, against Washington, they just had a gauntlet. Um, now they have the exit. Now it's not going to be the exhale game. I thought because Arizona is actually ranked and squarely on the radar, but I think Arizona is just a better team. Um, and then our guests, uh, actually three of our guests picked upsets this week too. Um, South Florida over UTSA. Really like uh, Brandon, but I'm not buying Oklahoma losing to BYU. Yeah. That seems a little far-fetched. Um, this was this turned out to be a great call by Mark Shipper. Yeah. Oregon State over Washington. That seemed just absurd at the time, uh, at least to me. And, you know, points for him right away for Close. getting, as you said. Yeah. Yeah. Closing, Closing my is a favorite. Yeah. I mean, it. it's fascinating when you look at some of these, right? Like, especially on some of mine, like Tennessee over Bama. <clears throat> that close a lot closer than people thought it was going to be that was like a nine lsu that was over a seven preseason that was close to three texas state closes the favorite against the coastal like yeah all these upsets that i said that i called like they all became like a lot more likely but then they just haven't gone now we have other ones this week too and we'll see but it's just like yeah it's, and again same thing this week right like preseason what would the spread iowa state versus texas have been like 22 something now yeah. it's like seven so well and to that point like you know coastal carolina before the season i mean let's not forget texas state was just hopeless that had yeah. to be at least two touchdowns before the season at least right mm-hmm. and then I they mean, closed it's kind of hard to... least, probably closer to three and then they closed favorites and then they lose yeah crazy yeah all right um this is a new one too um and i don't know if we just oh uh... uh, yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, don't want to get into this too much detail now, but I just I, I compiled all of our preseason picks for each uh, conference championship game. Um, you know, we can go some, get into this in a little more detail next week. Um, you know, we kind of I don't know. It's interesting. CFF guys, unsurprisingly, just nailed the American so far. Looks like that's that's a very nice outcome. Um, none of us did really that well in the Big Twelve. Um, We'll see. This is interesting. Uh, we might both have picked <laughs> one half, uh, the yeah. unlikely half um, of that, the Conference USA. Um, yeah, that's, I don't know, we can get that little, little more on that next week. Although, I don't know. Uh, I don't see Boise and Colorado State happening. Um, no, that's you not happening. kind of ruined that for everybody. <laughs> but I called, I called Oregon. You called Washington. Yes. Um, uh, both had, everybody had UGA. Um, Brandon Moore had Bama, so that he beat us there. Yeah. We had LSU, and like it could have maybe happened. Um, ACC, um, we all like Clemson. That was a mistake. Um, yeah. I kind of like you had Florida State, and uh, CFF guys had had Florida State as well. I feel like I get like partial credit for Duke. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, I mean, like. 
if it, I mean, okay, obviously Florida State, but like if it wasn't, if if there wasn't the injury to to uh, to Riley, Duke would have made the conference. Like he, they would have made it. So on the on the right Possibly. track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and and honestly, you know, we, the Big oops. Twelve is still completely open yet. We have no idea. That is, so. it totally is. Yeah, it anything can happen. Although Kansas is out, so yeah, um, yeah. I like that though. That was gutsy. Mm-hmm. All right, um, and like I said to start uh, part two here, really scary. How many? Not just how many plays, but um, I guess comforting that that our model has, you know, so many of their both models have have so many of these. Um, I'm actually not playing Northern Illinois. Um, I don't, I just, I don't trust it. And the fact that your model has, has a completely different. Um, I did already look up to save us another quarterback injury search. I don't see an injury for like Rocky Lombardi. I just, I don't know. Northern Illinois, the numbers don't make sense. Um, to your point, they stunk the last two weeks and your model's picking it up. So I'm not playing that. Um, our models both like um, Miami, Ohio by more than a touchdown here. Uh, don't, I'm curious if you're tempted on this. Um, I did, cause I'm not going to argue with a dual model play. You going to, you going to grab uh, Maryland here. You don't look too, too excited to. No, I, I, I don't. <laughs> I just, I've been burned by Maryland a couple yeah. times now. I think at some point the no Jim Harbaugh starts digging in a little bit. I also think this is a look at the look ahead of all look aheads for Michigan because Ohio State's next week. I, I think if like the fact that there's no Harbaugh on the sideline is going to start, it's going to have an impact. I just like Maryland beat Nebraska by three. Probably should have lost that game. I they've looked bad. I, yeah, but it's ugly, right? And that's the thing. It's like maybe, maybe a small spread play, but that's it. Okay. Um, we both have this one going under pretty easily. Um, Rutgers at Penn State. Now, the one thing that could be a little bit of a concern is uh, Penn State did fire Mike Yersich, the offensive coordinator. Who knows? I don't know if a new OC can turn around things in one week. We saw it definitely happen to Arkansas. Um, it's just, it's, I don't know. Um, and maybe they do turn it around, but, you know, based on Rutgers' performance at Iowa, you know, I, I don't think Rutgers really threatened to score at any point in time in that game at all. Um, plus, it can't be fun doing back-to-back road games at Iowa and Penn State. My God. Those are literally the two best defenses in the country by, by metrics. Um, so maybe Penn State just makes us a moot point just by shutting out Rutgers. Um, I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely gonna grab this when I, you know, when I get totals. Yeah, I think that's you know, like I like. Yeah, well, I mean, combined model unders are pretty good for us. So, yeah, your model is actually lower than me on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, your model loves Coastal Carolina at Army. Um, mine likes it. I, I think I've grabbed this one already. The only thing you've said that your model isn't, is it timed or not? Um, I don't know. I guess my question is, well, it's only five and a half points, so it's it's less than a one score game. Um, it doesn't fully take into account timing, no. Okay, but again, it's not like we're we're spotting twelve or anything here. I mean, no. So I I think a score is fine. Like if it was twenty one, I'd be like, okay, maybe not. But like if it's like 
yeah, like five A score, like they would win by A score. I just think Army is bad, and I think they beat either they beat or lost to Holy Cross by like three. So that's not a, that's not a good sign. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> very true. I forgot about that. Because um, our models don't have I, FBS or FCS games, so. Yeah. What? No. Nah, did I screw this up? What do you have? Uh, Temple at UAB. Uh, You've got it at fifteen. I got yeah. Memphis minus twenty. Oh no. Oh, sorry. I think I have the wrong temple there. Ah. Oh, I've got UAB minus 14. Yeah. Yeah. Minus 14. 14.9. 14.9. I know. You rounded up. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah. So this, I guess, um, interesting. I guess I'll call this a dual model play because when when I did this, you could get seven and a half. Um, I'll bold that. That is a dual model play. It's now at eight. So... um, if you can get it at seven and a half, great. If not, I think I got it at eight. Um, yeah, UAB is one of those teams that screwed up my my model, though it's not too bad. I don't I don't know if this this is a good. Kind of want to say this is be a good spot for them, although they just lost to, to Navy thirty one to six. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm I I have played this. You you gonna play this one? You think? I, I think I'll play that one, yeah. Also, just a quick note, um, the I actually have, I have Northern Illinois' eight-point favorites against against Northern Illinois, or no, against Western Michigan. Okay, so I actually Western. have... Eight? Northern, I have eight. Oh. So I, but still, it's still not a dual model play, though. And I still, okay. I'm, I've already, I think I've already bet Western Michigan, so it's just, okay. it's a mess. I can't, I can't, <clears throat> I think I've been burned two straight weeks by Northern Illinois, so I'm just not, I'm not touching the stove again. <laughs> okay, I don't blame you. Um, did you even consider this one? I didn't see this one coming at all. We both have Tennessee winning now by less than uh, less than a field goal. Uh, of course, I we grabbed do. it. Um, I absolutely did. It doesn't sound like you're too excited to. It would be the most Georgia thing I, to yeah. like it, it, crush. Tennessee plus ten. By the way, sorry. Yeah, it would be the most Georgia thing ever to like. Okay, we're gonna barely beat Missouri. Then we're gonna go crush Ole Miss. Then we're gonna like almost lose to Tennessee. Cause I, the thing is, like, I know my model loves them, but like, I don't think Georgia's. I still don't think Georgia's that good. Like, they're good, but not like, like I mean, I don't know. I I I, I think Bama wins, and I feel I don't even know if we have. I mean, do we have a line for Bama versus thing yet? I'm not sure. Do we have a an SEC championship game line. I I, I know. Yeah, I've Bodog seen three. FanDuel. Uh, yeah, three, three. Georgia, Georgia minus three, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's right. And I take Bama with Georgia minus three because I know FanDuel's putting out some championship game lines. I see four. Ooh, that's tempting. Okay, we'll think about that. But anyways, uh, yeah, I uh, I like. I'll think about that. I, I'm gonna debate it. Depends how the how early games go this, this week. Okay, yeah, no, no better logic than that. We'll see if yeah. I really <laughs> am I burden or not. Um, yeah, this, this one. is the one that. Yeah, and and again, when I saw my model, I just thought, oh Jesus, something's wrong. And then your model comes on top and says, oh no, it's going to be closer than two. It's going to be a one point game. Um, the battle of two top ten rushing offenses. Yeah. 
the thing is, I can't like this screams like we can't have this as a like I think someone somewhere in a sports book is saying we can't make this within two scores or even three scores because I think then they're going to be like everybody's going to bet on Auburn and if everybody bets on Auburn then we're screwed also would like to remind everybody and that would make, that's what makes this even more um, juicy everybody knows who Auburn plays next week mm-hmm. and Hugh Freeze was hired in no small part for that game for mm-hmm. beat Bama and that was the reason why he was hired, because he's been able to beat Bama. And the thing is, generally, these SEC teams, like I know Alabama's playing Chattanooga this week, usually these SEC teams play a an FCS team, a really low-rated FBS team. Like I'm seeing, um, like Florida plays Missouri because they have to. I think that's how it worked out. But like Arkansas is playing Florida International. Um, LSU is playing Georgia State. Um, Georgia has to play Tennessee. There's some, there's some if they're not playing a conference game, you're playing like an FCS team, like a nothing FCS team, or an, like a a low FBS team. I think when they scheduled New Mexico State, they didn't think they were oh, yeah. going to be good. Oh no! And yeah, I this think had to be way before Jerry Kill was there. This would be years ago, and yeah. I think this has we are going to look right over them. New Mexico State is a good team that's been continually dissed by the books. All year. Yeah. Yep. I think, like, you have to bet New Mexico State here. I And, like, you're getting 10 to 1 on the money line. Like, they could. And the thing is, like, I would have no problem, and I'll have to see what the model says, but I'd have no problem betting New Mexico State this week and then betting Auburn next week against Bama. No problem at all. And, (laughs) because, like, that could happen. Like, New Mexico State's good. They're a good team. And yep. like the thing is they were dogs. They were four point dogs to, to Western Kentucky. They crushed them. Like, they won, I think, by multiple scores. Uh thirteen, like, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, like <clears throat> this team is good. This is not a bad like I know people are like, Oh, it's New Mexico State. It this is not a bad team. Like, this spread should not be this big. I think Auburn had a spread similar to this against UMass. I think it was like a 30-point spread against UMass, and they crushed UMass, but New Mexico State is way better than UMass, right? Like, this should this should not be this, is is my take on it. And uh, Interesting. Yeah, I, um, yeah it's – now, you and I know better. Um, that was the game where Pomachon got hurt, actually, was that UMass-Auburn game. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe this is informing some of the market – now I'm not saying that it should be like I can't imagine it would ever be below this number. Um, it just wouldn't. It just it just wouldn't. They just they take too much Auburn money if 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 they go below this. I can't number, imagine it going lower than this. Well, it's actually Maybe gone. Part- I will say it's gone up actually. It's down yeah, to twenty. Yeah, I got twenty. Oh, geez. Okay, I might grab more. What's What's interesting is UMass is actually the common opponent. Remember, UMass beat New Mexico State in Week Zero. I kind of thought, what the hell is this? New Mexico State's going to stink this year. Um, and we never know because then you've got that weird, okay, then Pomachon got hurt in the Auburn game and he hasn't been the same since. Um, so maybe that's kind of informing this too, aside from the brands where there's some kind of like, oh, Auburn just crushed UMass and they beat New Mexico. So, you know, I, I love this spot. I love it. I love it. I love it. 
Jerry killing 21 points when he's being totally overlooked, I'll, I'll take that all the time. If, if I have to win. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to have like three sets, three sets of numbers on this game. It's going to be the spread I bet on Sunday, the spread I bet on Tuesday, then the spread I bet on Thursday, and then the spread I bet on Friday. Mm-hmm. I, I know at those some numbers point are going to be going the, up. Getting the alt spreads. Um, yeah. Well, like here, here's the thing: like an alt spread is like, like okay, obviously you're getting ten to one money line, and you love to cash that. But like, if you think this game is decided, like you can get like plus seven and a half, or probably like seven to one. Right, mm-hmm. and like that's a perfect backup in case something like that, bon- that soul crushing pick six or something happens. Like that happens, you're fine. You're like, okay, I got, I've got plus seven and a half at like seven to one, so I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, speaking of soul crushing pick six, um, this was very resonant and reminiscent of that Jacksonville State at South Carolina game. I don't think yes. Auburn's as bad as South Carolina, but man, this is just it's. All the same signs, really feisty, good Conference USA team with one loss, totally being overlooked going into a Southeastern Conference team venue. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, Okay. Next game, UCF at Texas Tech. So um, I'd love to know how Texas Tech is giving three here. Let's not overlook. Now, maybe there's just a a disbelief in, in, in UCF and just saying, well, that game just got away from them. Uh, or got away from Oklahoma State. I want to point out that Texas Tech scored, what was it, 17 points? Uh, I think against Kansas. A Kansas defense, which is improved, but still not very good. And that was with their backup quarterback. You need to be scoring 30 points in that spot. And again, I'm not going to say that UCF has an awesome defense, um, although Oklahoma State might have a different opinion. I know Texas Tech is a weird, tough place to play, but... um, you know, I don't think it's it's. I don't think it's really crazy that both of our models have UCF straight up here. Yes, but at the same time, getting a little tired of getting burned by UCF. How do we for we didn't get burned by them last week? But I remember the last time we had UCF favored in a game like this, and then well, no, I mean it's a dog, but I remember when we had them favored against what was it, West Virginia, and then they just completely. Just did nothing. Yeah, true. I will say it's interesting. Texas Tech is getting so much love on the betting line, um, considering the fact that they're playing Texas next week. Yeah. And because, again, I, I pointed this out last week. It was weird how it was like TCU crushes or Texas Tech crushes TCU and the TCU is only getting 12 to Texas. When like, like, what is that spread next week then? Like that's like it was like Texas was giving TCU I think like twelve or thirteen somewhere depend I think yours was confirmed and then it came back up a bit but like Texas Tech crushed TCU I think by like two two or two scores like fourteen points so then how does that spread work then is the spread like the spread would theoretically be even but it's not going to be even but it's going to be like what, Texas minus set but like does that mean that game is potentially competitive? I don't know. But anyways, that's a conversation for next week. But yeah, maybe yeah. UCF has figured some stuff out. I don't know. They passed for 600 yards. They, they had 600 yards against uh, Oklahoma State. Yeah. I don't know. We can step on that rake again. Let's let's try. <laughs> okay. Uh, we talked about this one already. Marshall at South Alabama. Um, I really like this. Dual model play. Definitely grabbed that already. Um, Old Dominion at Georgia Southern. Um 
interesting. I really don't like, how do I say this? I get a little uneasy um, when a team I bet on all of a sudden I'm supposed to go against the next week. And ODU has been just a weird kind of, I don't know how they're getting it done team, but they have been getting it done somehow. Um, and then the fact that your model actually likes them more than mine does is really interesting. And it may go back to, um, you know, Georgia Southern throws the heck out of the ball, but they do throw a lot of interceptions and, and ODU had a good pass defense. You know, they were actually top 10 for a while there. And I still don't know how that happened. Um, maybe that's the difference here, but, uh, your model likes them better than I do. So I, um, I grabbed ODU here. Yeah. I, I'll go with that. I, I randomly like ODU in random places, so I think I think I'll take them, yeah. Okay. Uh, this is the other one that was uh, a similar profile, yet very different from New Mexico State at Auburn. Uh, FIU, who's sadly proven to be very beatable. Um, <laughs> I have them keeping it within seven of Arkansas. Now, Arkansas had a, just a huge offensive output two, two games ago. Then they couldn't do anything against Auburn. Um, they're giving 30 to FIU. I've got it just a seven point game, even at 21, that's nine point margin, um, on your model. So I, so, I, I have to play this. And again, I did mm-hmm. check the quarterback is not hurt for FIU. Yeah. I will say the fact that I have Arkansas's 21 point favorites renews my It's fa- like, here's the thing. If, if I had this as close to, as well as the New Mexico state mm-hmm. Auburn game, then I might start questioning it. And I'd be like, oh, maybe I just have Conference USA super highly power ranked, but I don't because clearly my model still likes Arkansas here. So I I now trust the model. And the thing is, Arkansas should probably not be favored against about about thirty point favorites against probably anybody. To be fair, <laughs> um, so I mean they had one good offensive week against Florida, who's apparently a very bad defense. So I kind of don't hate. But again, Florida International was pretty bad too. So, but the thing is, when you're looking at like a 30 point spread, it's basically like, can FIU score? If they score, then they cover. If they don't, then they're done, right? Like with a lot of these, it's like, okay, but I don't know. So we'll see. I'll think. I will think about this one. I probably will end up with something FIU on the on the spread. Not not touching the money line on this one, but a spread bet would be fine. Okay. <clears throat> and then lastly, San Jose State. Um... Giving 13, this is actually up to 14 and a half, although it's still a dual model play, even at that price. Um, mm-hmm. I got them by 24. You actually have them by 25. Very comforting that we have this almost by the exact same margin. Um, you know, and then also confirmed by them in my top 10 of the G5, which, you know, that makes me even a lot, much more confident here. I mean, it's, you know, go, go, go. I got three go signs here. So I've, I've, I've played this already. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's a rivalry game, yes, but it is in San Jose. Like there is, this is like a classic. That's San Diego State. Oh, it is it. Oh, sorry, I got that backwards. Oh, okay. To fix that. Yeah, you're right. I just saw from my book. But yeah, again, like this is like, hey, you absolutely destroy Fresno State. This shouldn't even be close. Like this screams like three score game. Yep. And like the fact that it's 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 at fourteen point five. That's people saying, okay, well we fired our head coach. Now it's then we're gonna be better. It's like, well, no, there's no one left now. So. Like, <laughs> there's nothing left. <laughs> well, he's still there. Um, I don't think that's a good thing. All things mm-hmm. considered. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, he's still there. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. He with just announced he's it's like he's going to mm-hmm. retire, um, which mm-hmm. is a nice way of saying he was asked not to return. 
Um, okay, and then the wrong teams favored. We UCF, we both have, and then it didn't make it as a as a play against the number. But Utah State, I have as I'll just pull up the numbers here. They're going against Boise State, so there's a little bit of a of a wild card factor there. Is Andy um, Avalos still? Is he no, just he's gone, gone or is he he's gone? Okay, he's gone. Yeah. Um, where is you? Come on, Boise State. Oh, there it is. So you actually have you have Utah State by three. I have them by four. So the magic is basically if my model has them by four, then it's a wrong team favorite. And I just said, okay, if you've got them by a score as well, that's enough. So um, we had one play last week that was UCF that brought it, you know, against and again, wrong team favorite. This is just money line that we're talking about. So money line plays on these dogs for the season are six and four with a 52% ROI. It's amazing how quickly these add up. You just hit, you know, a few of these in a row. And the ROI just completely piles up here. So, all right. Um, the Jesus, this is going to make it like unanimous. So the temple is actually a dual model play. Um, what plays do you have aside since since we've got mine and then a bunch of dual model plays? What about you? Yeah. All right. I'll start with uh, one second. I I got burned a little bit this last week, but I kind of like Florida plus the points. Maybe even uh, some money line there against Missouri. I know they destroyed Tennessee, but Florida also destroyed Tennessee, so there's a chance there. Florida needs one more win for bowl eligibility, so that's not necessarily a bad play. Um, so I'm showing 11.5. Yeah. Do you have Arizona as a play or not? Don't, but let me just show you, or let me just uh, pick up what. So the I've got yeah, it's 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 about as close as can be. I've got them by seven, and they're giving one. Okay, I'll make that up to and one of my plays. Yeah, you've got them by nineteen. I just yeah, if that if that moves, but I don't think it will. Um, no. that's, that's as close as it can be to being a play. So Arizona minus one. Okay. And then I will, I will also put, this is, this is, I'm going to, this is going to be crazy. Two crazy ones. Sam Houston state plus 13 and a half. Maybe even a little bit of money line there against Western Kentucky. They may have figured out well, how, no, to, no, no, how no. to do this. They don't, no, no, no. They play Jacksonville State. No, they play oh, Western Sam Kentucky. Houston. Okay, sorry, Sam sorry, Houston sorry, State. sorry. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. And then. Plus 13? Yeah, plus 13. Uh, well, it was 13 and a half. It's 12 and a half now. I'll still take the 12 and a half. More okay. than a score and more than the 10. And. Yeah, let's. Yes. Let's step in front of this train. North Carolina plus six and a half against Clemson. Let's let's do this. I just something bad will happen. But okay. 
I have concerns about a team rushing the field after you win in double overtime right. by two against a team you are favored by two scores against. But I just I can't. no, it makes sense. I mean, you've got you've got them by thirteen. I mean, that's just such a margin there versus the versus the spread that you got to take that. I just I don't think Clemson is good, and like Duke is like not bad too. Like, I I just I can't. Okay, Clemson beat Notre Dame, but my model doesn't like Notre Dame either. And like they beat Georgia Tech, which my model also didn't like Georgia Tech. Like my model has been pretty good on Clemson the last couple of weeks, and it hates them against North Carolina. So I gotta think there's something there. Yeah, agree. And those so. are those are my plays. Okay, cool. And with that, um, we thank everybody for listening to this. One hour and fifty plus minutes. Um, we appreciate you listening. Uh, good luck, this everybody. This parts. We okay. have a three part uh, this week. Three parter. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening, and good luck this week. We'll talk to you all next week. See ya.